1: The tennis world is down under for the first major of 2023. And despite the notable absences, a collection of stars have aligned in Australia, looking to light up the courts over these two weeks. Both of the top seeds had to put in more work than expected on day one, but the biggest news in Melbourne came off the court from Nick Kyrgios. Plus, the Americans got off to a solid start with the women posting a 6-3 and record on opening day, while Foe's fashion created more buzz than his forehand. And we will hear from Tunisian star Al Jaber, who's looking to build off her historic 2022 by winning her first major this year. All those stories and more over the next two hours on this Australian Open Edition of Tennis Channel Live. The island of Australia is still a mystery to many Americans, but as you move inland, Melbourne Park holds the key to unlocking the answers of another tennis season. It's day two of TC Live, our two-hour pregame show to get you ready for all the action every day down under. Taking a look at the featured matches, Arena Sabalenka leads off on Rod Laver Arena. That's followed by Caroline Garcia. Five-time A.O. runner-up Andy Murray faces Italian Matteo Berrettini. Then in the night session, Jabeur begins her quest for a first major title. While well, Novak Djokovic goes for a record 10th in Melbourne. There is Taylor Fritz. He is the top-ranked American man coming on site, taking on Nicholas Basilashvili tonight, looking to make it past the round of 16 for the first time in Melbourne. And the Tunisian sensation has made the finals of the past two majors. Hoping to find some extra magic in Melbourne. We'll have more on Ange de throughout the show today. Come on into the studio. Great to have you here with us. Steve Weissman, Hall of Famer Lindsay Davenport, former pro, our global correspondent, Prakash Amitraj. From 60 Minutes and Sports Illustrated, John Wertheim, Martina Navratilova will join us throughout the show as well. The time is always right to do what is right. Martin Luther King Jr., and we appreciate you tuning in today on this MLK Holiday it's great to have you with us and there's so much to talk about on just the second day here of the Australian Open. We'll get to the off court stuff in a moment. But John, what was your biggest moment on court yesterday? Oh Lindsay prodded me to go off of anyway. I'm going to <laughs>
2: smack down the middle of the menu. Let's talk about the defending champion, the number one seed, twenty-two major winner. Rafa Nadal played. We were all waiting to see how he would look. We all bandied around the stat. He'd lost six of his last seven matches. I'll give you a stat. He's won 23 of his last 24 best of five-set matches. Why? Because he won yesterday. It wasn't peak Rafa. He didn't look amazing. But he looked pretty good. Nice reminder that uh, we should not be writing off the defending champion. Hmm.
3: Look, I have my eyes on a couple of lesser-talked-about Americans in the draw. Great win for Mackie McDonald. Took out Nakashima, last year's next-gen champ. And a tough one. Five sets, had a couple match points in that fourth set. And look, he's been battling some injuries, trying to work his way back into the top fifty around 65 right now. Had a nice build back year last year. So I think a really great win for him. And also, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta show some big love to my guy, <laughs> Big Banks. Both <laughs> to him. He's done a great job here at Tennis Channel. Takes out our ambassador of Quan, who just picked him up a title <laughs> last week. Uh, impressive stuff. And a re- reward for him? No Chorich? Lehechka. Chris Eubanks, speak Quan.
2: That's who we're talking about. (laughs) Big Banks, Ambassador of Quan, yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Chris (laughs) Eubanks. By the way. Translation, by the way. (laughs) Thank you. Third straight time that a guy wins in Adelaide and then loses. (laughs) First round at at the Australian Open. But Chris Eubanks, great stuff. We got our eyes on you. Lindsay, what stood out to you? Well, you know
0: I love the outer courts on the first few days. It's some of the most exciting time. First, a little shout-out to Katie McNally, who won Mm -hmm. her first round. But how about 17-year-old Jerry Shang? Not easy as a teenager. He went through qualifying. He won his first-round match. And with that... Makes history, becomes the first Chinese male to ever win a main draw singles match at the Australian Open. Great, great kid, great player through the IMG Academy. Super happy for 17. Jerry. Yeah. Whew.
1: We love history. Yeah. Love history. Uh, that's all on the court. No doubt the biggest story off court was when Nick Kyrgios announced he was having a press conference and withdrawing from the tournament with an injury. Take a listen.
4: LBCD this coming around. It's just bad timing, um, but that's life, you know, injuries are part of the sport. Um, I guess I can draw some, you know, inspiration from someone like Fanasi who's had a bunch of injuries and, and has bounced back. So, look, I'm, I'm, I'm not doubting that I'll be back to my full strength and playing the tennis I was playing um, prior to this event. So, yeah, it's, I'm devastated, obviously. It's like, it's my home tournament. Um, I've had some great memories here, obviously, last year, winning the title in doubles and playing the best tennis of my life probably and then going into one of, going to into this event as one of the favorites it's brutal such a bummer not to have
1: Nick Kyrgios in the draw. It is a small tear in his lateral meniscus, going to have some arthroscopic surgery. Uh, that's coming up in his hometown. Could return by Indian Wells, but Prakash, when you heard this news, what was your reaction?
3: Look, you know I'm a big supporter of Nick, and I think, he's, I think he is great for the game. I thought he played some exceptional tennis last year. And when he is in form, he is a favorite, uh, one of the favorites for any tournament that he's playing I just wanted to see him, with the year he had last year, mm-hmm. use that Australian crowd. It's a real bummer, but as you said, not a terribly serious injury. So hopefully he'll be back and doesn't miss too much time. As it is,
2: doesn't exactly play a full schedule. Yeah, this is the, the Wimbledon finalists and then reach the second round. I'm the second week of the U.S. Open beating the defending champion. I just was surprised But we've talked a lot about, you know, we've, we've talked about Novak and the hamstring and Oscar Burr and Iga's shoulder. Nick's knee was not really in the injury chatter. So that was a bit of a surprising announcement.
0: Yeah, I remember how shocked everyone was when he pulled out of the United Cup right before it started. Team Australia was caught off guard. They weren't sure what was to happen. Then he pulls out of the next tournament. I think we had a lot of hope when he played that exhibition match against Novak. We're also worried about Novak's hamstring, as you talked about, that everyone just assumed that maybe Nick just wanted to show up in Melbourne and just wanted to play there. So really unfortunate. Now comes the tough part, though. I mean, coming back from any type of surgery. requires a lot of dedication, requires a lot of rehab, a lot of hard work. Um, So we certainly hope we see him back on the hard courts. Maybe it's the clay, though. We have to see how it all goes.
1: And if it's the clay, we know he doesn't necessarily love that either. No, so. way.
3: Hey, he said his girlfriend wanted to see Paris. <laughs> <last year>. <laughs> <laughs> That's why he made play the French. He said that last okay. year. So hopefully.
1: You know. Yes, that is a great reason to go play Roland Garros. Just get all that good food and uh, you know, all the baguettes, yeah. all that kind of stuff. John, put, put in perspective what this means in, in Australia without Nick Kyrgios.
2: Yeah, certainly uh, we've this streak that we often talk about here. Uh, we are approaching a quarter century of a homegrown champion. You know, There's still some Aussies in the field. Let's not be pre Mature, but no. Uh, Mark Edmondson does seem like he will keep this tag a bit longer. Big, uh, big mustache era. And then we have Pat Katz. We had, had Leighton Hewitt get to the finals when Murat Safin won in, 20, in 2005. No. Yep. Yeah. Pat Rafter, ironically, never a uh, never a finalist. It looks like we will have another year with uh, you know, we women. Who's old enough to remember the last time an Aussie woman won? <laughs> oh, wait. It was about 355 <laughs> days ago. Yeah. So the women broke the streak, but the men are uh, pushing 50 years here. No more unstrungs with Chris
1: O'Neill. That is done. (laughs) It's done. It's Mark Edmondson-Ash Barty. Yep. Um, (laughs) A lot more to get to over the next two hours here on TC Live as we lead up to first ball on day two of the Australian Open. How did the Americans fare on day one? We've got those highlights. Plus, we look back on a record-breaking season for Angeber, and you don't want to miss our Bet365 match preview. But when we return, it is the top storylines down under. Jesse Pagula with a full-on blitz. Plus highlights from Rafa Nadal, Coco Golf, and Daniil Medvedev. And, of course, we have 12-time Australian Open champ Martina Navratilova joining us. She will break it all down next. Stay with us. Welcome back. A reminder, TC Live comes your way 5 p.m. Eastern every day to get you ready for first ball over on ESPN Plus today. Then at 7 a.m. Eastern, it's Tennis Channel's Encore coverage with Brett Haber and Paul Anacone. You do not want to miss that. We have switched sides of our studio. Lindsey, Steve, John back with you, and we are so happy to welcome back in our Hall of Fame teammate, Martina Navratilova. Marty, how are you doing today? (laughs) Hi, guys. Excellent. I'm ready to go,
5: baby, as <laughs> usual. I get my water bottle and everything else.
1: You got, <laughs> got the water bottle. All right, let's get straight to it. The big match that we were all talking about yesterday, Rafa Nadal taking on Jack Draper. Rafa set himself probably one of the toughest first rounds possible for a seed, Lindsay.
0: Yeah, and we weren't sure what to expect from Rafa either. Hasn't won a lot of matches the last four or five months. But, Steve, he came out in that first set looking sharp. His movement was there getting to balls around the court, but his serve in that first set, he won 80% of his total service points. Really had good control on that. We had some concerns about the AB, That was not there in the match, so good news for Rafa. He takes the first set. He gets the crowd behind him. He's got that energy going. You think, okay, is he going to roll now? No. First game of the second set, three points to hold serve, and he let Draper back in. And that's all the young Brit needed. He's able to get that break of serve and then really take that momentum all the way through the second set. The questions were, could the Brit hold up in these conditions? Playing Rafa, best of five sets. And in that third set, Rafa able to use his experience, use his movement, get that
5: third set. And Martina then, it was really all over. Yeah, Rafa got really aggressive in the third set when it mattered, and then he relaxed, so so Draper, uh, having some kind of injury under his ribs, wasn't able to move as well, but Rafa much more relaxed, and uh, at the end, maybe more unforced errors than he would like overall, but uh, all in all, a great start and healthy, and uh, I'm definitely
1: appreciating every moment he gets on those courts. You can always see what it means to Rafa Nadal, whether it's first round or the finals. He is elated to come through. All right, this is not like Nadal. He still lost six of his last eight matches. But, John, what was the stat you told us about best of five? 23 of the last 24. That's, for pop. that's the good news. And, by the way, gets his 1,068th career victory. That ties Ivan Lendl for third most for a man in the open era. Let's hear from Nadal.
6: The most important thing today is, um, is a victory. Against a tough opponent and to win against Jack, as I said before the the tournament to start, uh, had been one of the toughest first round possible. Uh, being seeded, uh, we knew that not going to be perfect. As I said, the whole the holiday was not perfect, but to win against uh, Jack, I I need to do things well, no, and I think I did.
1: That that sounds like the Rafa that we're accustomed to hearing from. Martina, he he plays a guy ranked 38th. He gets challenged a little bit. Is that a good thing for him going forward?
5: Absolutely. I mean, this is a tough matchup. Also, the lefty-to-lefty matchup where, you know, Rafa's forehand doesn't pay off quite as much as it does against the right-handed players. But all in all, I think he should be happy. Physically looking great. Outlasting a 21-year-old in Draper who was injured. And now he's going to play Mackey McDonald, who won in five sets. So the 36-year-old Nadal, I think, is right where he wants to be. Maybe a little bit user-friendly opponent in that second round. And I think we can expect him to play better and better as the tournament goes. So the big guys don't bring their best tennis at the very beginning of the tournament. So he must be pretty happy with
2: where he is. Quick detour for Jack Draper. Boy, is he good. <laughs> He really is a talented player, very level-headed, very sort of impressed with his disposition. But, no, I think for Rafa, this was a bit of a hinge point match. Got through it. You look at his draw now, and, you know, Mackie McDonald is a nice, admirable player, but doesn't have the kind of weapons to beat a Nadal. And all of a sudden, we're in best of five. We're in Australia. He looks like Rafa Nadal again.
0: Yeah, a draw looks really tough on paper, right? Oh, he's 38. Everybody is watching Draper. But Don't you feel like Rafa maybe needed a big win Mm, to kind of spark everything going again? Would it have been the same if he had beaten someone ranked outside the top 100? I don't know. I think a win like this, you never know when things change. I think for sure he's been struggling with his confidence. He's not used to losing 6 out of his last 8 matches. But then all of a sudden you get a win like this and things just kind of fall into place. So I actually think it's going to pay off huge dividends for Rafa to get a tough draw and get through.
1: Great point. Uh by the way, good call picking one set for uh, yeah. Jack Draper. Yeah. You like that? The Bet365. Yeah,
0: <laughs> <made some> <laughs> good good
1: good stuff I there to. That but just uh, go un, unnoticed. Call. No, I, you know. It's, uh, <laughs> good, good call on the uh, Bet365. Yep. We've got another one coming up later <laughs> in the show. How about some more highlights? <laughs> Top women on day one, Iga Swiatek won two more major titles last year, looking to win her first Australian Open. Starts Martina against Eulen Niemeyer. The, G- the Germans took three sets in New York last year, so this was not going to be easy. Yeah, this
5: was uh, an equally tough draw for Swiatek as, as Rafa had really dangerous player. Niemeyer improving quite a bit. A big hitter. Uh, she was really taking it to Iga. Iga had to play her best tennis. Uh, Nimar getting a break in the second set as yeah. Iga got the back end going. Really hit some nice passing shots overall. Uh, pretty good on the winners on serves. Really good uh, conversion on the break points for Sviontek. For but uh, Nimar definitely an end that we will see in the future. Yeah. And at the Fiontech. end, Iga came through, just got got enough big points into play and uh, really overpowered Neymar. I think Neymar, all she needs to do to improve is to improve her footwork, her, her yeah. movement. But the uh, dangerous player and Iga Schuente came through nicely. You want to be pushed, but not too much. And it was just just the right amount, I
1: think, for Iga Schuente in this first round. When she wins the first set, at a Grand Slam, she has won 19 in a row. Meantime, Jesse Jessie Pagula has made back-to-back quarterfinals in Melbourne. John, her Buffalo Bills won their playoff game before she took the court against jack Christiane.
2: She said she was watching, and uh, clearly it, it fired her with some good vibes. She gets played. Third seed, she's a contender. She beat the number one player about 10 days ago, and boy, did she look good yesterday. Watch these score bumps. She won the first set. Six love, she broke serve five times. She got up to three love in the second set before finally she was broken, but she was hitting her spots. This was sort of just typical Jesse Pagula tennis. Uh, Didn't necessarily hit through her opponent, but just did everything well. That was only her second, she had fewer aces than the opponent, but 6-0, 6-1, less than an hour. That was a statement.
1: She wrote, go Bills, love for number three, DeMar Hamlin on the camera after. She was also wearing a number three patch on her skirt. A lot of love there for Bills Mafia, Jessie Pagula. First to finish, less than an hour of work for her in Melbourne. Her doubles partner, Coco Gauff, first on Rod Laver Arena against Katerina Siniakova. lins Gauff with a really fast start here.
0: Yeah, a great start to the year also, winning in Auckland. And this was going to be a, one of those tough first round matches, Siniakova can be a very dangerous opponent, but Coco didn't let it bother her at all, the forehand hitting a little bit heavier, trying to be more aggressive with that shot. We know how good the backhand is. She looks ready. There's something about her walk. There's something about her whole demeanor that says, why not here right now? How about 120 Daniel. mile per hour serve to finish that first set? And you know, in the second set, she had to fight. Got down a break. Zinia Kova started finding her game a little more, and Coco was just fine. These last two games were a battle. Both players had game points, but Goff did not panic. And on her seventh match point, able to close a very tricky opponent out.
1: 24 winners for Coco. Goff won more than 70%
7: of her service points. Talked about that after. I think I served really well, Um, did a good job holding serve um, when I needed to, Um, and breaking serve also. I think uh, break points converted, did a pretty good job, Um, and then uh, a lot of net points won. I don't know how many, but first round is probably always one of the toughest of the tournament, and I'm just glad to get out of it, Um, especially last year I had a disappointing result, but I'm glad to overcome that and hopefully uh, get some more wins under my belt here.
1: Love the bucket hat, first and foremost, Coco. Uh, Martina, what stood out to you with uh, Coco Goff on the court in this match?
5: You know, she, her shot selection is so much better. She dialed down the power. She doesn't go for the big shot too early in the rally and also powered down, the, I think, the emotions just a little more subdued, still fired up, but not exhausting herself with too much emotional energy. And so everything is really I, I agree with Lynn. She's got a different walk. She just looks more confident. I think it's because she's had a great off season, as she said, great preparation. She's she's a lot more confident in every aspect of the game and it shows.
2: I'm curious, did, did you see any difference in the forehand? We've been talking about the off season, about cleaning things up. So statistically, the forehand seemed to hold up. Did you see anything? You
0: know, Martina and I were actually discussing it a little bit. It looked like even more net clearance, just hitting it a little heavier. She has that extreme grip. She gets a lot of topspin. And sometimes when things get tight, she doesn't swing quite as hard on that. Right now, she's going, She's hitting the shot just like you'd want to hit it. I think the speed of the court is going to help that forehand, give her a little bit more time. These show courts are playing a bit slower than they have in years past. I think a really fast court can sometimes rush golf. I think that the court speed really plays into her strengths right now.
5: And what I see with her forehand, I, I thought she was a bit unclear where the strike zone was on her forehand. It was too big a strike zone, even uh, uh, as far as the, uh, the distance from the ball. She was too close or too far. And I think she's a lot more clean with that. And that's why she's cut out the unforced errors. And it's a much cleaner shot overall and gives her more options as well what to do with the ball.
1: Lindsay, a quick thought on that next opponent, Emma Raducanu. What do you think of that match? That is
0: that second round match. I mean, this was the match a couple of years ago. We thought was going to be a big match in tournament after tournament because of all of Raducanu's injuries. It hasn't really happened. I'm excited for it. I, I thought Raducanu looked really good in her first round win as well. I just think Goff has just a little too much firepower right now.
2: They've never played before either.
1: Yeah, That never happened. Cannot wait for that. We'll be talking about that one for the next couple of days. All right, let's move to Stefano. Sitsipas, the three-time Aussie Open semifinalist, led the ATP Tour for most matches won last year. Martina, his opponent, Quentin Alice, led the Challenger Tour in wins. Yeah, Ali's dangerous opponent. Again, maybe a slightly
5: uncomfortable first round, but Stefanos looks so good in every aspect. 46 winners, only 17 on course. 9 of 11 at the net, maybe he could get there a little more often. For me, the only thing that's holding him back, he's got all the stats, but his backhand is too predictable. He hits a cross for too much, but he looks for that forehand. he hit it well. The Greek crowd was uh, sperming on, spurring him on, and uh, he lived it up as well. Getting the crowd into the match even more. Yeah, yeah, you get him going. Uh, but I think if he just hits more back ends down the line, you will be a danger player against anybody. And I think that's the only thing that's holding him back. He's got beautiful touches. You see there with the back end volley. Love volley for the winner. And uh, finishing it an off in style at the end. So all well done, Stefano. So uh, He's looking good. He's looking sharp. Said, he should I should do fighting better than he has done.
1: Showed that towards the end. Good stuff. Mm-hmm for Stefano Sitsipa straight set victory. John Danil Medvedev, he was one set away from winning the title here last year. Back in Melbourne facing former NCAA champ Marcos Giron.
2: Yeah, I'd like to report a typo. There's a seven next to Medvedev. Oh no, he's the seventh seed? Can that be right? As you say, Steve, this is almost an exorcism. Last time he was on this court, had a two sets love lead in the final, let it slip away. You know what? He did a really nice job of re-engaging last night. This was vintage. Medvedev, look at the score here. Six love, 4 1 against a nice quality player. Medvedev was saying by the third set, he was wondering, would Jim Courier be interviewing me after the match? Jim would be there, so he was correct. But when you're (laughs) speculating about Jim Courier and you're still playing a match, it's a sign things are going well, and they were. 28 winners overall for a guy who's reached the final here two years running. That was a break, and then. Closed it out nicely. This flat strokes on this court, I think, is a nice combo and a very nice match for a seventh seed
1: Medvedev. Yeah, I think this is a statement win right here for Daniil Medvedev. Folks, not talking about him enough. This is a guy who, on a hard court, is arguably. The best player. You could say Novak Djokovic. They're they're probably top two in terms of men on a hard court right now. Runner-up last year, fourth-round Roland Garros, which was good for him. He he didn't like the play before Roland Garros last year. Fourth-round U.S. Open lost to Nick Kyrgios in a tough, tough battle. We'll see what Medvedev can do this year in Melbourne. Still to come, a couple young guns hoping to make a big impression down under. Francis Tiafoe did that just by stepping on the court
7: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC.
1: Welcome back to TC Live. Day two of the 2023 Australian Open. Straight to the highlights we go. Felix Oje, Ali Asim, Vasek Pospisil. They teamed up to win three decisive Davis Cup doubles matches last season together, Martina. It is Canada on Canada Crime. First round of singles play.
5: Yeah, they could have played this in Toronto, but probably would have been indoors. Uh, anyway, Pachkovskij uh, got off to a flying start, breaking both break points that he got, winning the first set 6-1. But Felix got himself organized, got enough of good passing shots, forcing the errors, played the big points better in the third, uh, second set, and third set tiebreak. At the end. Uh, I think I oh, oh, oh. okay, three out of 12 break points, I think that's that's where he can improve the most, but overall really played well in the big points in the two tie breaks. That was massive and finishes in style there with a fabulous backhand on the line. So these two good friends. Uh, Bad luck for Vasek, but uh, he I think Mao uh, should be pretty happy with his performance.
1: For sure. Lindsey Francis Tiafo made the quarterfinals here back in 2019, facing Daniel Altmeyer. Big foe at a career high, undefeated this year so far.
0: Okay, the biggest story was, let's look at his outfit in the very beginning. <laughs> but then the tennis took over, and Francis, for two sets and three quarters, was spectacular. He was attacking shots. He was so good at net, but he was dictating play. He was controlling the tempo of the match. But then, Steve, he got up 5-4, serving for the match, and went on a little bit of a walkabout. And what did that do? It let Daniel Altmaier back into this match. He started to believe. He started to play better tennis. And all of a sudden, it became a battle. And Francis having to come back from love three in the four-set breaker, but gets it done on his second match point.
1: Counds love him everywhere. They do. Tiago attracting attention for his game, and as Lindsay said, his gear.
8: Mate, I'm loving the outfit. What's the inspiration? Did you have any say in the design? <laughs> uh, I yeah, I, I obviously went to Nike
4: distro and saw this, and uh, they said if you got something really cool for you for Australian Open, so I seen it and I was like, yeah, I definitely got to rock this. I could have rocked something more calm, but I was like, no, this is definitely me. I hope you guys like the outfit. Um, we're gonna... <laughs>
1: Fashions fade, but style is eternal. All right. Before we get to the tennis, John, what do you think of the outfit?
2: Didn't Daphne, Fred, Shaggy, Velvet? Look like it was from the Mystery Movie. do what, okay. what, what are we uh, delight video? I, I'm trying to come up with a. What are we calling that? Lynch. Psychedelic. Something.
3: Yeah.
2: channeling yeah. his inner Miro. <laughs> oh,
1: nice.
2: It's making us
0: talk
1: about it. So yeah. That's, that's what it
0: was supposed to do, but, right?
1: Martino, you, you, you wear know, some. It, it, some great stuff. Would you wear that?
5: Uh, well, you know, the guns are pretty, uh, pretty, <laughs> pretty impressive. So if you got it <laughs> flaunted... I'm just not so sure about the print. So, yeah, I think uh, it, overall, I give thumbs up. Good guts, I'll say that yeah. for sure. Yeah. <laughs> so good.
1: Coco Goff said there's a lot going on, but that's him, loud yep. and proud. Yep. Hey, do, do what you do, and it certainly garnered a lot of attention for Nike. Let's preview some matches that are coming up today. Uh, when the draw came out, John, all eyes were on this one Andre Rublev uh-huh. and Dominic Team. Rublev has won four Between these two, the last four that they've played, what will make the difference today?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think we all want to see Dominic Team get back to being Dominic Team. I mean, he's barely in the top 100, lost in qualities in Adelaide, the one match he's played this year, and yet he's the guy who's won a major and Rublev isn't. So on the one hand, big opportunity for Dominic Team get back on track, beat a top-ten player. On the other hand, that's a rough draw for a guy that's trying to get his career back.
0: You know, for some players, they have these injuries and they can kind of step right back, to where they left off. We're waiting to see if Zverev can do that. It has been a mm-hmm. battle, though, for team. And it's been kind of heartbreaking to see at times. It's going to be a, a tough, tough opening match for him. But I think our hearts, we all want to see Dominic be able nice to guy. go back to being able to play at yeah. that same level.
5: Hey, Polo, the reason I'm pulling for Dominic because he's got that one-handed backhand and it's fabulous. And we need more of those but this is a really as tough a draw as he could get just about. So, uh, yeah, I think uh, he might give uh, Andre a run for his money, but uh, Rublev should, should overpower Dominic at this point of
1: Dominic's comeback. Did start playing better second half of last year. Uh, Martina, Beatrice Haddad Maya had her best season ever last year, comes in at a career-high 14 in the world. What do you like most about her game?
5: She's, uh, she's improved her uh, everything, really. The shot selection, the big serve, and mobility. I think what was holding her back before was not getting to enough balls to use that power. And now she's moving better, understanding the sport of uh, the game, how to play the points, etc. And then winning breeds winning. Once you start winning, then you get more confidence and you end up winning matches that you're not supposed to win. So I like everything about her. We'll see, uh, we'll see how she does here. But she's got a decent draw and uh, she should do well. It's always fun to see a player, too, when they go into a slam.
0: and But they have a few years under their belt. But all of a sudden, the mindset shifts. Like, maybe I can win this. Or I want to be in the second yep. week. And all of a sudden, you become a higher seed. Fascinating to see how players respond to that kind of pressure and the different kind of vibe that is around them at these tournaments. I'm looking forward to seeing Hadan Maya. Can she handle those mm. kind of expectations?
1: She won WTA's most improved yep. player last year, got to the final in doubles right. in
0: good. Australia. I mean she got but it's Martina said it yesterday. It's between the right. ears.
1: Right. Never yeah. been past
2: the oh, second round at a major. Yeah, yeah. So got, got to 14 That's... in the world without doing much damage at a major. So yeah. this is a uh, next step for her. As Paul Anakin would say, a lot of room for improvement. There
1: you <laughs> go. Uh, Martina, Veronica Kudermetova coming into a major, ranked in the top 10 for the first time. What do you think about her? I'll tell you, she's a good athlete. I was always impressed with her. I was surprised that she hadn't done better
5: earlier, but now she's coming into her own. And I think she could sneak into the semifinals there. She's got a pretty friendly draw. The bottom half is weaker than the top half. And I think she could sneak through there and do some damage. Uh, she's a great athlete, has a good all around game, done better in doubles than singles initially. Now she's catching up with the singles as well. Really not c- uncomfortable anywhere on the court. So she can she can bother anybody. She doesn't, and, and
1: she's really improved between their ears as well. Serve is huge as well. Uh, underrated serve for Kuder Matova. Uh, Lindsay, whenever she retires, Garbinia Muguruza is going to be inducted into the International Tennis Hall of Fame, two major titles former world number 1 nearly 500 wins last year at this time she was ranked 3 in the world yeah. she is now ranked 73 what happened
0: what is going on i was going to ask you that <laughs> <laughs> it's it's like I we have no clue. yeah exactly we have these players that it's just so up and down it was heartbreaking to watch mugarutha at the end of last season she was in tears on the matches she just walked off the court a couple times can she get it back she wasn't able to win any matches leading in here mm-hmm. to really give her that confidence but a champion always has something left in them can it come out here and then you get when your ranking falls she's going to be outside the top 70 if she doesn't start winning some matches here it's a tough first round too against mertens
2: this is inexplicable now, the good news is that yeah. she's won the two times that they have played but you know 3 years ago yeah. she came within a few games of winning this whole tournament she's won multiple majors as you say steve she's great hardcore success this is, she's not even 30 years old, so it's not as well this is a player who's slipping off as she sort of turns the corner into the autumn of her career. This is just a mystery. And the good news is she has that ability to turn it on quite quickly. But, uh, yeah, last year was rough and uh, not great news drawing a seed right off the bat here.
5: Well, I mean, two years ago, at the end of the year, won the WTA finals in Guadalajara, played great tennis. I picked her to win one of the majors the following year. I'm scratching my head, as probably is Conchita Martinez. I don't know what happened to her. She's she's been healthy. Usually it's injuries that make you doubt yourself. But, uh, I mean, she's always been a confidence player. But this is just uh, inexplicable. I have no idea what's going on. All
1: right. Maybe we'll learn more after this match against Elisa Mertens Mm -hmm. coming up tonight. Uh, We've got a question for you, Martina. Did Diego Schwartzman steal your dog, Lulu? Ah! Look at that.
5: No, that that's that dog has much bigger oh, nose. Yes, this one is this one is the real one. You see the comparison? Prettier, Pretty close. Pretty profile.
1: <laughs> I see the snarl. No, that's the, not the... <laughs> Got a lot of dogs to choose from. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That, uh, yeah, that... well,
5: there's a couple more. But, yeah, <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah, that was tofu sausage. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, Daria Saville's dog with, with Diego Schwartzman. Not the... Can the real Lulu please stand up?
0: We can't wait until she's back in here. <laughs> exactly.
1: Yes, it's not a TC Live Australian <laughs> Open without Lulu Navratilova. <laughs> All right, thanks, Martina. More TC Live on the way, including more match previews. And you don't want to miss John's stat of the day. What will it be today? It is day two of the Australian Open. Beautiful Melbourne Park as we continue our two-hour pregame show to get you ready. Welcome back to TC Live. I'm Steve Weissman. As most college tennis players are getting ready for the spring season, NC State freshman Diana Schneider is thriving in the summer down under. She qualified and won her first-round match in Melbourne to set up a meeting with Maria Soccery. Schneider may or may not make that first dual match at South Carolina on Saturday. She's currently a wolf pack of one. Well, a reminder that tennis.com is your online information source throughout the Australian Open and the entire 2023 season. Right now, Steve Tigner has your three to see on day two of the Aussie Open. And David Kane writes about Francis Tiafo's new psychedelic Nike kit. Now time for the daily forecast with Fox Weather.
0: I'm Fox Weather, Jay Minar, and here is today's Australian Open forecast. We're looking at the weather in Melbourne, Australia. It's a hot day for our tennis pros, with a chance for showers and thunderstorms in the afternoon. You can download the Fox Weather app or stream Fox Weather on your favorite connected TV device.
1: Thanks so much. Still to come, our friend and colleague Mark Petrie joins us from Melbourne with the latest on Emirata Kanu Plus who will replace Andy Roddick as the answer to a big trivia question. And don't miss our Bet365 match preview. We've also got to look back on the incredible season that made everyone aware Al Jabur is the minister of happiness. Back on CC Live, they call it the Happy Slam. But until recently, the Aussie Open was missing someone to assist in the blessing of bliss. Enter Algebra, the self-appointed Minister of Happiness, who arrived in Melbourne coming off a season in which she spread joy to new parts of the tennis world.
8: Crazy year, ended up with a lot of titles, great memories, didn't start really great. The world number 409 beats the world number 10 Anne Chabert. on Shabur. On Shabur. On another day, it might have been her first clay court title. It's
1: not to be. She'll have to wait for that.
8: Charleston was kind of tough to lose another final. So yeah, I uh, couldn't help myself but cry there. I told myself not to cry, but it's, it's very tough because we've been working very hard, and uh, this is—I don't know how many finals we lost now—but hopefully, it's gonna come soon definitely that released me to do better in, in the next uh, event and uh, I got rewarded with Madrid title and that was really amazing and, and uh, great emotions there. What a moment for Anjibur. Finally, she's able to win a WTA 1000 events. Rome was really amazing. The Tunisian type, she continues to be on fire. My first grand slam final, final was really great. Anjibur, first African woman to reach a
2: slam final in the open era, breaking ground for Tunisia with every milestone she passes. She
0: is so crazy talented. For Tunisia,
2: for Arab women everywhere, Ans Jabir is a Wimbledon finalist.
8: And that gave me a lot of confidence to have another Grand Slam final. What a great job she has done in big matches with a lot of pressure on her shoulders. I didn't get the trophy that I wanted. And those finals just prove to me that I can be in the far stages. I can be one of the best players. From Tunisia, on Shepherd, The Wimbledon finalist is now a US Open finalist. And we'll definitely be hungrier in uh, 2023 to, to live the title.
1: Well, she has already made history as the highest-ranked African and Arab in WTA and ATP Tour history. Take a look at what she did last year. A couple of major finals the last two of the season. Won the title in Berlin. Got that 1,000-level crown in Madrid. Year-end ranked number two in the world. Just one more spot to go. And she is very upfront about her goal, says... I make a promise to you and I hate to break a promise. Prakash, there is also a quote that says, don't tell people your plans, show them your results. Which is bad. I mean, you're a big motivator guy. Like, do you tell people what you want, or do you kind of lay back and show them? Two schools of thought.
3: Yep. You know, some people don't like to jinx it. They like to just let the work do the talking, mm-hmm. and some like to speak it into existence, which I think is a beautiful thing, also, and something that Ons seems to love to do. When I look at Ons, it, it reminds me of what LeBron talks about when you talk about it, it's it's more than a game. Mm-hmm. You know, what what she's done for that part of the world, and you look at places like Africa, India, certain parts of Asia. You don't have these, these great champions coming around all the time. And when they do come about, it's really not about the sport. It's about that part of the world really believing that, that they belong in the Western world. They belong in these giant sports, and, and they can actually go and do it. So she's been a hero to so many, and I think that's actually something that she wears really well and is actually not going to be a pressure on her, but something that's going to spur her mm-hmm. on to go get that slam, to get to number one in the world. I can't help but smile when I, when I watch a play.
0: Listen, being a top player and having the expectation is so tough. There's so much pressure and everything you're trying to deal with. Could not even imagine then dealing with the mm-hmm. first woman too, first woman from our country to be able to like fill in the blank. It was we were talking about it all last year. It was everything that she was accomplishing. She's dealing with so much more. And yet how she's able to still go about her career and her life and still with it seems like endless joy in doing it. That is so tough. And Took her a while to get that first title. And I love to see the tears on the court. You know, it was a little bit like Andy Murray when he lost that Wimbledon final. He finally let it all out, and what happened? It really. Exactly. And then was able to win a couple of weeks later in Madrid. She was devastated with the two Grand Slam finals not afraid to admit it. I think it's going to happen for her in this era. Why not? She's a great player. She's doing incredible things. And I think it's personality. Some people feel very comfortable leaving Mm. it all out there. Others don't. Mm. She does. And and she believes it.
1: Yeah. Billie Jean King always says, you got to see it to believe it. or See it to be it, right? Uh, She is it, right? She didn't have anybody to see. And now others can, John. Uh, When we take a look at what she sees in front of her here at the Australian Open, it is not an easy road to this title.
2: Yeah, we'll see if uh, the draw turns out this way. But you look at uh, as, as we get later on. So you have to be five, four, and one if seeds hold. Um, a lot of work ahead of her. We'll worry about her first round opponent. I mean, I just you know we're, we're talking about how how inspiring she is. We talk about all these, these pressures. Three years ago, like the Australian Open before COVID, she was ranked number 78. So this is all very sudden as well. It's not as though she came storming out as a teenager as this trailblazer. So this success has come very quickly. It's something else for her to uh, to deal with. But no, a very very tough draw here at this event. But you know, I mean, we've got one defending champion left in the draw. I mean, why why not on? Yes,
0: hmm. I don't. I'm more worried about her fitness hmm. and her knee than I am her, her draw. Yeah. I feel like if she is healthy. I'm happy if, if I was in the Jabir camp to not be on the top part of the draw. I'll take my chance with the bottom part of the draw. But she's got to be ready to go 13, 14 days, seven matches, and be healthy.
1: She says there is a new trophy on her phone's lock screen. Her husband has a different trophy on his. If she locks in for the next two weeks, she could hold that up on the you. big screen yeah. in Melbourne. On the Jabir, Minister of Happiness. We love her. We also love Mark Petchy. Our colleague is coming up next. He is our uh, sneakers on the ground, going to get us caught up on all that's going down at Melbourne Park. Don't go anywhere. Welcome back to TC Live on day two of the Australian Open. Another beautiful day in Melbourne. Some big matches on Rod Laver Arena. Arena Sabalenka leads off, followed by world number four, Caroline Garcia. Five-time AO runner-up Andy Murray faces Italian Matteo Berrettini. Then in the night session, Algebra begins her quest for a first major title while Novak Djokovic goes for his record tenth trophy in Melbourne. Back with you in our studio. On the left side, Steve and Lindsay, and we are so happy to welcome in our colleague, former pro coach Mark Petche, to the program. He is our our sneakers on the ground in Melbourne, going to get us caught up on everything morning. that's going down there. Good morning, uh, here. Good evening, Petche. Uh, a lot to get to because even after day one, we've got some big time stories. What was the reaction on site, petch when Nick Kyrgios announced he was having a press conference?
4: Um, utter shock. I was actually commentating on Jack Draper and Rafael Nadal at the time, and John Fitzgerald just passed me his phone and we were both looked at each other. There there was no even hint of it. We knew obviously he had the knee problem. It was one of the reasons that he pulled out of the United Cup. But nobody on site felt it was as significant as he was going to actually have to pull out of the tournament. And um, yeah, it's a big blow. You know, whether Nick, you know, you love him, you don't like him. He's so polarizing. He's a big star in our game. And to not have him here at the Australian Open is obviously a big shot. I'm not sure. I know he said he felt like he could win it, but coming in with the preparation that he had, I'll be amazed if he could have won it. But the fact that he's not in the draw is a is a big, big loss.
0: Well, you've been down in Australia the last couple of years, and it was a time of controversy. We had changing fan capacity, we had COVID restrictions. Was curious, did do things feel back to normal in Melbourne this year?
4: Hi, Lindsay. Yeah, absolutely, a hundred percent. It's um, it is a hundred percent back to normal. They had record crowds yesterday. Over 74,000 people came in. Um, so that was the most since 2017, I believe. Melbourne itself is, is still picking itself up. The actual city, it's, things are still a little bit shut. You know, businesses are closed a little bit. But you can see the vibe is back. You can see the energy in the city. But as for the tournament, 100% is back. It's just been an awesome first day.
1: Here with Mark Petchy, former coach of Andy Murray. And uh, Murray plays Matteo Berrettini tonight. Petch, he said he feels ready to face a top player. What do you think about Andy's chances?
4: I mean, look, it's a it's a tough draw. I was actually in his corner for two of those matches, uh, the City Pass match, and then when he lost to Matteo at Queens. And obviously, you know, it's a tough matchup for Andy at this stage of his career because Matteo has got obviously a huge serve, which makes it difficult for Andy to get into his service games. And he's got the biggest forehand on tour. Um, the balls down here are a big talking point. Um, I don't think they're particularly helpful for someone like Andy as well. Um, he's a medium-sized hitter off that forehand side, and these balls uh, they they get very old very quickly. And I think that that's going to be a big thing. He is going to have to do an awful lot of running out there today against Berrettini. And we're looking for the temperature to be hitting around sort of thirty-eight, forty degrees here in Melbourne. So that's well over hundred Fahrenheit. It's going to be hot. Mm.
0: Well, I got to ask you about the British woman, hopeful Emma Raducanu. She had a nice, solid win in the first round, faces Coco Gauff in the next round. What did you think of Emma on court yesterday?
4: Yeah, Lindsay, she looked she she did very well to get back from the ankle injury that she obviously sustained over in Auckland. She had about uh, uh, about 11 days to get ready, and that injury probably takes around sort of 16 days to get ready. So from that point of view, that was a that was a big ask. She didn't hit that many balls. Um, I thought she played very nicely. I thought she moved, given the fact that she's had the ankle problem pretty well. It's a huge test for her against Coco's playing great. Uh, she's changed her forehand, actually. I think... Uh, if you guys go back and you get some footage of her playing Sloane Stephens at the Australian last year, you'll see a significant difference in her forehand. It's a lot shorter on the swing, which will obviously buy her time. She won't be as rushed. I'm going to be interested to see as as the sort of tournament goes on and, and when she certainly takes on Coco, whether that swing has enough power in it to beat the best players and particularly an athlete of Coco's quality.
1: Petra, oh, we've seen Novak Djokovic coming into the tournament he obviously won a big event, but there's some question marks with his hamstring. What's
4: the latest on him? Yeah, he came out to practice. There was a lot of confusion last night. It looked as though he had actually canceled, and he did cancel his practice at 7 o'clock originally. Uh, but finally, he did come out with his team to, to hit balls. He did have his left leg completely taped from the hamstring, obviously from the knee up. So he has still got some concerns. Look, he's got a he's got a pretty good draw in many ways. And I would imagine that Novak's focus right now is more about making sure the hamstring is going to be okay for the tougher battles that are coming uh, rather than worrying too much about practice. But he did come off. He did speak to a couple of Serbian fans afterwards, and he said, it's all good. I'll see you at the match tomorrow.
0: So curious, petch before we let you go, who are your picks to win in Melbourne this year?
4: Look, I I think if Novak's looking at the balls and looking at how uh, the flatter hit helps players here rather than the players that play with an awful lot of spin. I I mean, I I would be tough, uh, you know, be tough sell to say it'd be anyone that Novak on on the men's side that's going to go through. Um, I always like to throw a sort of a a curveball in on the women's because it always feels as though there can be a little bit of an upset there. i tell you what, Lindsay, I thought Sabalenka looked amazing. Um, in, in the lead-up tournament. I thought her serve looked back to where it was. It didn't get a visa last year, but it does seem to have <laughs> arrived in Australia this year. And so I have to say, I'm going with Sabalenka. Wow. I, I, I like her chances. She'd probably go out in the first round. But hey, <laughs> what I saw in Adelaide, she's got a chance of winning.
1: Look
0: at and That's she, a risky pick.
4: She packed her serve. I like that.
0: I thought he was going to go like Svantec <laughs> and Novak, you know, play it safe.
1: Arena Sabalenka, first no, major. No, no, no. <laughs> great, great pick. The hair's looking great, pet Yeah. Uh, thank you so much for spending some time with us. Enjoy the rest of the tournament. Thank you, we Will do. Thanks for having me. Cheers. All right. We'll see you soon. Of course, we got you covered all two weeks here on Tennis Channel, the only place where you will find a two-hour pregame show. TC Live, 5 o'clock Eastern and Encore coverage every morning at 7 a.m. Eastern. Back with more after this. Welcome back. It is our American segment here on TC Live. We're in the gym. That means it's a Prakash segment. What do you got for us,
3: Prakash? Uh, Look at that trunk rotation from Coco, you know? Getting the hips warmed up, both sides. No wonder she strikes the ground. I don't know about the feeding form. Like, <laughs> like a little bit of a, a, a what do you call it? You? you know, the underhand free throw shot. Uh,
1: what, do you call, what do you call that? Yeah. You call <laughs> All right, to the highlights, we owe more Americans in the tournament than any other nation. Time to see how they fared. How about last year's finals? Danielle Collins, Anna Kalinskaya Prakash. Uh, Collins battling not only her opponent, but her knee as well. Yeah, she, look,
3: she's had a few setbacks that she's had to deal with, but when she's fired up, that's when she's playing her best tennis. Got off to a great start from that first set. Nice and aggressive when she's leaning in is when she's doing well. Had a little too defensive in that second set. Colin Skye making some good adjustments, able to put the pressure back on. Capitalizes, takes that second set. Third set, went down to the wire. I mean, this was a grueling match for both players. Long rallies both ways, some great gets, a nice feel here, a little bit of a nice. underhand scoop shot there up the line. Even she was impressed with that one. Goes down to the wire, and Collins again, heightening the aggression. So the end of this
1: match, able to get it done, and you can see how much it means to her. That was a rough one out there. 55 winners, this match lasting more than three hours. Daniel Collins, survive and advance. How about Madison Keyes? Coming in a bit under the radar lens, has not lost a match this year. Got back in the top 10 playing Anna Blinkova.
0: Yeah, not easy to be the second night match. And Keyes off to a bit of a slow start, getting down three love. But one thing that Keyes has started to do better is win matches when she's not playing her best. Somehow found a way through that first set Then again, lost a bit of her rhythm in the second set. Blinkova, a lot of credit to her. She was hitting the ball hard. She was hitting it flat. She got more time in that second set and able to cruise through. But these two, five straight breaks to open up the third set. These courts are not playing as fast as last year. Players struggling a little bit more to hold. But once Keyes was able to get up 3-2, then she started to relax. Played her best tennis the last 10-15 minutes of this match and finishes with
1: a winner. Good stuff for Madison Keys coming through in three sets. And how about the only two former women's champs in the draw? Facing each other in the first round, John. Sophia Kennan and Victoria Azarenka.
2: Who writes these scripts? 564 days since Kennan has won a match at a major. I mean, this fall, she was was playing a $115,000 event in France. Good start to the year for Kennan. Won four matches, and in this battle against former Australian Open champions. This was particularly feisty early. We had Azarenka, each 33 now. Can that be right, Lindsay? Played a nice first set, seven aces overall. Give Kennan credit. Again, uh, her career has taken quite a turn since she won this event three years ago, but she was in the main draw. Fighting hard against a former champion. I just don't know if the weaponry's there. She only won 27% of her second serve points. She is a great fighter, but there's only so much fighting you can do when you're not hitting your spots. Out the nice win, and uh, yet another win down under for her. Only one former champion left. Nice outfit. Uh,
1: we're, nobody's talking about Vika. It's like she wore the exact <laughs> same thing as Francis. And people are like, yep, yeah, yeah. looks great. Uh, just, you know, normal, normal stuff. Uh, Lindsay. Well, the exact same thing? No? I mean, no. hers were biker the, shorts. and the, I've not, the, the cut on Francis'
0: shirt was a little different. So it's
1: about his arms, though. Okay. So. No, it's just go.
0: different.
3: And just no. for the record, it was Francis' girlfriend, Ayan, who said they did have a fashion show before okay. coming yeah, right. on. Okay. And she was the one who decided this was the outfit to go with. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? If you get the win in it, it's got to be a good outfit, right?
1: Yeah. yeah. I mean, we got two wins. There you go. Vegan one. I mean, I, I love the, that the biggest story coming out of day one, Curios, sure, the outfits. I mean, that, that's, that's what we love to see. Azarenka two-time champ here. she's won more matches at this event than anyone left in the draw can she win a third
0: I I don't know I mean we talked about this a little while ago with Muguruza she is another one that is a bit of a head scratcher because we thought she got it all back a couple of years ago and she made that amazing run one set away from winning another major at the U.S. Open and just hasn't been able to play up to that same level since she's always tough she's very comfortable here you know in her the third round slated to meet keys never lost a key so mm. so that might help her get through the draw it's just it's hard to really back her and say for sure this is it she's going to turn it around here just because there's just been so many ups and downs the last
1: couple of years she's a threat we'll see on these courts definitely a threat uh meantime our tc teammates that we talked about earlier for chris eubanks Got the USDA wild card into the main draw, John. Facing Kwan soon Wu, who just won the title in Adelaide a couple days ago.
2: I think that was a factor, too. Uh, Kwan played a lot of tennis. A lucky loser won in Adelaide, and then barely 48 hours later, here he is, round one of a major. Chris Eubanks, though, bringing it 42 aces against Quan. This was a grind him out match. Back-and-forth momentum. Give Quan a lot of credit. He gets a big ball for not a big guy, but Chris Eubanks got to like the fitness played more than three hours yesterday and got it done late in the fifth. Again, just serving bombs, 129 on the gun, 42 aces overall, gets a key break in the fifth, and was able to cruise. Uh, This was a nice win for Chris Eubanks. Follow him on social media. He's had a rough time in Australia just getting there.
1: That's a nice win for him now inside the top 100. Live rankings, he is at 100 in the live rankings. This huge second main draw win at a major for Big Banks. All right, all-American, all-California battle between Brandon Nakashima and Mackie McDonald-Prakash. This is old-school NorCal-SoCal, like E40 versus EZE, too short versus Tupac. Well, let's not get into that. We'll be here for a while. This one,
3: though, Mackie McDonald getting off to a great start. Nakashima's been playing some fantastic tennis. Let's not forget, won the next-gen finals last year. Mackie McDonald fighting his way back from injury, but put up a lot of wins on the board last year. He's up to 65 now in the world, took the first two sets. Nakashima, a little too good there in that third set. But in the fourth set, McDonald had a couple of chances to be able to put this away. Match points, wasn't able to close it out. Somehow is able to get his mind together, go back to the well, grind it out here in this fifth set. Marvellous point here, break point up, works his way into the net, shows some nice mastery at the net, keeps the racket head out in front, strong wrist, knocks off the backhand volley, and with a lot of pressure on him to serve it out, manages to do it. Again, finding his way into the net, staying aggressive, and even though on an outside court, some brilliant energy there for these two to compete in the game.
1: You could almost say it was high feet. NorCal gets the win. How about Seb Korda? Starting the year strong, made the final in Adelaide. Had championship points, Lindsay, against Novak Djokovic. Got Christian Garin, tough first round.
0: Yeah, what are our expectations for Korda?
1: Our I,
0: Yeah, so, and he played like it. great first set in this match. He's come out in the 2023 season with a little more power, a few more weapons. Good first set, went away a little bit in the second set. Gareen able to win it easily. But the one thing that Corda did great, he got it back together early in the third. He went back to controlling the baseline and able to move Gareen around the court. Corda, we've seen him coming for the last two seasons. Cannot be easy to see someone like Alcaraz come up and center around your same age. He's put in the work, and I think this could be a huge tournament for him.
1: Now coached by Radek Stepanik, who was coached by Korda's dad, Peter. Uh, Ste- uh, Sebi says he'd like to finish the year top 20, top 15. We shall see if that happens. Nice win, though, in four sets for Corda. Could he be the next American man, though, to win a major? Or perhaps one of these guys. When we come back, who will break the 20-year drought? Our experts have the answer. Back on TC Live, Taylor Fritz on the bike, getting ready to go tonight. A reminder, TC Live comes your way every single day, all the way through the finals here at the Australian Open, 5 o'clock Eastern. Brent Haber, Paul Anacone, have you covered in the mornings at 7 a.m. Eastern. Tennis Channel, your home. We are celebrating the 20-year anniversary of Tennis Channel this year. It is also the 20-year anniversary of our friend and teammate Andy Roddick winning the U.S. Open he came back from two sets match point down in the semis then beat Juan Carlos Ferrero in the final. Andy remains the last American man to win a major singles title. Shout out to Andy, I know he's watching every morning. That is our tennis topic today. Is this the year that an American man gets Roddick off the hook and wins a Grand Slam singles title?
0: Lindsay, I'll start. Oh, why? Hold
1: yeah. the okey doke. What do you say? I don't
0: think so. Okay. I, I think they're getting closer. We had a couple of semifinalists last year, um, but I, I, still think just a little bit more time. Is that okay? Yeah,
1: it's fine. <laughs> Nobody's
0: no like, judgment here. I mean, we've got some, we've got some real options right now. Obviously, right? with yeah. Taylor and Francis and Corda, I think it's going to be 24.
1: Next year, yeah.
3: Okay, 24. one more year till it happens. Well, uh, Steve, we talked about this uh, uh, last week on TC Live, but uh, you know there, you got to look at a couple categories, right? You know, you put Novak in that top category, Rafa at the French, Alcaraz certainly in there, and then just under that you probably look at a Medvedev, and then you know just under that maybe a, a Tsitsipas, Zverev, when he's healthy, and the next front runners. I still, probably, still leaving out Kasparud. Ruud. Mm. <laughs> I, 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 I didn't finish my sentence. He's in that second group, but. I think Fritz, Foe, they're working their way in to that category. Mm -hmm. You know, you got to kind of get to those semis a few times, knock on the door
2: to be able to have a shot to get over the.
3: I love Casper, man. You know, you. (laughs) Every
2: every time. (laughs) It's been 20 years. It's not because American tennis players haven't been good. We've had this logjam. There have been three really, really good players that have coincided with that 20 year gap. I think that Taylor Fritz probably has. The best chance. If this were best of three, maybe Francis, right? You get high. I mean, the last American male or female to win a major, Sonia Kennan, yeah. who just yeah. got hot for two weeks. Francis, I think, really has that capability. But I think in best of five, you have to be so focused. I think measured Taylor Fritz is probably uh, my pick. But no, I mean, I, again, it's a global sport. There are a lot of really good players. Novak Djokovic, still still an active player, pretty good. Rafa Nadal, still an active player, pretty good. So it's, I think you're right. It's it's much as we'd like, to, much as Andy Roddick more than anyone yeah. would probably like to be done <laughs> with that mantle. Um, Does he I, want to be
1: done? I, oh my yeah. gosh, yes.
2: He's sick of it. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Oh. yeah. yeah. He's, well, well, he he I think that would be the I, answer yeah. to
0: the trivia question <laughs> <laughs> anymore.
1: I mean, Francis, last year, semifinals. Yep. So he replaced Isner. He was there. Yeah. Yep. Uh, last to get to the semifinals at a major, but Roddick's still the last to get to a final. That was back in 2009. I mean, we also got Brandon Nakashima. We got Ben Shelton. We may have to wait. For, for Jagger Leach? Is that... he that <laughs> You'll been waiting a while. He <laughs> just put up a title. That's right, New Zealand.
3: I uh, think to John's point, Francis does have that, that X factor. You know, when things are really on the line, he seems to love it. Yeah. And, and you've got to be able to have that if you're going to be able to win a Grand Slam. Yeah. So.
0: But also Fritz. We're a- just talking, yeah. you know, so absolutely. close uh, at Wimbledon yep. to relieve really 100%. Rafa was injured, just couldn't win that match. But then we saw a little bit of the insight in that Netflix series of what he was going mm. through at Indian Wells. I mean, he was ready. To battle, that's good. That
3: right. was that was movie stuff. Yeah, you know, inject me. You know, go in, play Rafa in the final.
1: That yeah. was that was beautiful. I said sixty percent chance that it happens this year.
2: Wow, okay. really? Yeah. Djokovic, Nadal. I mean, yeah. this is no disrespect to the American players. Sixty. I mean, that's yeah, more than more than right. half percent chance. What I do you think it. about Ben Shelton? Yeah, we need some more data points, but there's a lot to like there. I mean, you know, this is a guy who had not won a match outside the United States. He had traveled outside the United States until uh, this trip down under. A lot to like there, uh, but we need to see a few more data points there, I think. Ben
3: showed a lot in Cincinnati last year. You know, he took out Casper there. He was who? pretty... <laughs> Thank <There you go. laughs> <laughs> yeah, give us a love to your boy. <laughs> but that, but that, 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 that next group also is something that we have to watch how they develop. Lindsay and I were just talking off camera about how much work Seb corda has done in the off season. As those as you said data points come into play, who knows? Someone else may announce themselves all of a sudden and be a different conversation. Yep.
8: Right.
3: So much
1: shade.
0: Uh, no, no, no! So I don't think I know what the joke is there.
1: So we've been we've been doing TC Lab for you know a couple of weeks now, and whenever he brings up his tiers of players, I mean, Casper's literally you know like the two seed, number two in the world. Like no, I, I, I uh, he's on the front of your mind, and
3: you know he's 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 on my list. <laughs> puts lifts. him on
1: like the third level. <laughs> like so bad. This guy made a couple major finals. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe the guy got to a page... major final. No, totally. I just you know. I think he's going to get to number one in the world this year. I know we're doing an American segment. I'm just saying. Who knows? By the way, 2003, when Roddick won the uh, uh, U.S. Open, that was the first year that Rafa Nadal played the U.S. Open, bringing it all full, full circle. We'll show you his first-round highlights coming up from Nadal, plus our Bet365 match preview features another American man. We will break down all the big stories of the day, and we go off the wall with Prakash. We won't talk about Casper.
3: He's a low-key guy, you know?
1: <laughs> welcome back to tc live a reminder play the match point predictor game from tennis channel answer questions correctly about what will happen in melbourne for a chance to win great prizes totaling forty five hundred dollars to enter go to tennis.com play play can also click on that qr code all right here's the questions we want you to answer Could be who's the champion, men's, women's, number of games in the finals. Yesterday, Prakash told us about which American women would advance the furthest. We are back on Off the Wall with my man, Prakash Amitraj. You said Jesse Pagula. Just went out there, lost one game. Off to a good start. You feeling confident? See, off to a good start. Feeling uh, confident. she has got that eye of the tiger. Oh yeah, yeah. kind of like Sabalenka. She's got the tiger on her forearm.
3: But she said it's it's calmer these That's days. That's right. It's a it's calmer tiger.
1: Not not quite as you know fierce <laughs> out there. We got a, another question for you today. We're Bring going it... number one. Who will be the men's champion, Prakash?
3: Look, I know I I sound like a little bit of a broken record, but I think it's going to be our guy, Novak Djokovic. He's not happy with his nine pieces of hardware. He needs ten to round out the dinner table, and I think he's going to get it. Look, let's break down his draw a little bit. Mm -hmm. The seeds in his section, Dimitrov, Carino, Busta, Deminar, don't think they have the firepower to really threaten him. Novak looked great in that previous event. Could be Holger Rune hanging in that quarter if he's able to get past Rublev and a few other players, but best of five sets, the grueling two weeks, and the heat in Melbourne. No one knows it better than Novak.
1: He, he wants a tenth Norman, tenth Norman Cup. Why not? Why? I mean, why not? Probably Listen. Probably got a
3: few houses. Maybe put a few Normans in each house. <laughs> something like
1: that. <laughs> the man hasn't lost at the Australian Open in five years. I, I, I'm, I'm with you. you. Have to bet against. That's him. a good pick. I like the three-piece as well. well. You know, it's I just, sharp. A grand Slam. Set but, it up. Why Come on. Got to bring that fashion, just like Tia- Tiafoe. <laughs> All right, straight ahead. We've got uh, a closer closer look at everything heading into day two the top stories martina lindsey john it's all straight ahead welcome back a reminder tc live comes your way 5 p.m eastern every day to get you ready for first ball over on espn plus today then at 7 a.m eastern it's tennis channels encore coverage with brett haber and paul anacone you do not want to miss that we have switched sides of our studio. Lindsay, Steve, John, back with you. And we are so happy to welcome back in our Hall of Fame teammate, Martina Navratilova. Marty, how are you doing today?
5: Hi, guys. Excellent. I'm ready to go, baby, as usual. I got my water bottle and everything else.
1: You got it. Got the water bottle. All right, let's get straight to it. The big match that we were all talking about yesterday Rafa Nadal taking on Jack Draper. Rafa said himself, probably one of the toughest first rounds possible for a seed, Lindsay.
0: Yeah, and we weren't sure what to expect from Rafa either. Hasn't won a lot of matches the last four or five months, but Steve, he came out in that first set looking sharp. His movement was there, getting to balls around the court, but his serve in that first set, he won 80% of his total service points. Really had good control on that. We had some concerns about the ab. That was not there in the match, so good news for Rafa. He takes the first set. He gets the crowd behind him. He's got that energy going. You think, okay, is he going to roll now? No. First game of the second set, three points to hold serve, and he let Draper back in, and that's all the young Brit needed. He's able to get that break of serve and then really take that momentum all the way through the second set. The questions were, could the Brit Hold up in these conditions, playing Rafa best of five sets. And in that third set, Rafa able to use his experience, use his movement, get that third set. And Martina, then it was
5: really all over. Yeah, Rafa got really aggressive in the third set when it mattered, and then he relaxed. So so Draper, uh, having some kind of injury under his ribs, wasn't able to move as well. But Rafa, much more relaxed. And uh, at the end, Maybe more serves than he would like overall, but uh, all in all, a great start and healthy. And uh, I'm
1: definitely appreciating every moment he gets on those courts. You can always see what it means to Rafael Nadal. Whether it's first round or the finals, he is elated to come through. All right, this is not like Nadal. He still lost six of his last eight. Matches, but, John, what was the stat you told us about best of five? 23 of the last 24. That's that's the good news. And, by the way, gets his 1,068th career victory. That ties Ivan Lendl for third most for a man in the open era. Let's hear from Nadal.
6: The most important thing today is is a victory uh, against a tough opponent and to win against Jack, as I said before, the The tournament start uh, had been one of the toughest first round possible. Uh, Being seeded, we knew that not going to be perfect. As I say, the other day was not perfect, but to win against uh, Jack, I I need to do things well, and I think I did.
1: That that sounds like the Rafa that we're accustomed to hearing from. Martina, he he plays a guy ranked 38th. He gets challenged a little bit. Is that a good thing for him going forward?
5: Absolutely. I mean, this is a tough matchup. Also the lefty to lefty matchup where, you know, Rafa's forehand doesn't pay off quite as much as it does against the right handed players. But all in all, I think he should be happy physically looking great. Outlasting a 21 year old in Draper who was injured and now he's going to play Mackie McDonald who won in five sets. So The 36-year-old Nadal, I think, is right where he wants to be. Maybe a little bit user-friendly opponent in that second round. And I think we can expect him to play better and better as the tournament goes. The big guys don't bring their best tennis at the very beginning of the tournament, so he must be pretty happy with where he is.
2: Quick detour for Jack Draper. Boy, is he good. (laughs) He really is a talented player, very level-headed, very sort of impressed with his disposition. But, no, I think for Rafa, this was a bit of a hinge point match. Got through it. You look at his draw now, and, you know, Mackie McDonald is a nice, admirable player, but doesn't have the kind of weapons to beat a Nadal. And all of a sudden, we're in best of five. We're in Australia. He looks like Rafa Nadal again.
0: Yeah, a draw looks really tough on paper, right? Oh, he's 38. Everybody is watching Draper. But... Don't you feel like Rafa maybe needed a big win Mm. to kind of spark everything going again? Would it have been the same if he had beaten someone ranked outside the top 100? I don't know. I think a win like this, you never know when things change. I think for sure he's been struggling with his confidence. He's not used to losing six out of his last eight matches. But then all of a sudden you get a win like this, and things just kind of fall into place. So I actually think it's going to pay off huge dividends for Rafa to get a tough draw and get through.
1: Great point. Uh, by the way, good call picking one set for yeah. Jack Draper. Yeah. You like that. The bet three sixty five. credit. Good, good, good stuff I there. That just go un, unnoticed. No, you know, <laughs> good, good call on the uh, bet three sixty five. Yep. We've got another one coming up later <laughs> in the show. How about some more highlights? Top women. On day one, Iga Sviantek won two more major titles last year, looking to win her first Australian Open. Starts Martina against Eula Niemeyer. And the, G- the German took three sets in New York last year, so this was not going to be easy. Yeah, this was uh, an equally tough draw for Sviantek as, as Rafa had really
5: dangerous player. Niemeyer improving quite a bit. A big hitter. Uh, she was really taking it to Iga. Iga had to play her best tennis. Uh, Nimar getting a break in the second set as yeah, Iga sure. got the back end going, really hit some nice passing shots overall. Uh, pretty good on the winners on serves. really good uh, conversion on the break points for, for Schviontek. But Nimar definitely name that we will see in the future. Yeah, and at the end, Iga know. came through, just got, got enough big points into play and uh, really overpowered Neymar. I think Neymar, all she needs to do to improve is to improve her footwork, her, her movement, but uh, dangerous player and Iga Chiantic came through nicely. You wanna be pushed, but not too much, and it was just just the right amount,
1: I think, for Iga Chiantic this first round. When she wins the first set at a Grand Slam, she has won 19 in a row. Meantime, Jessie Pagula has made back-to-back quarterfinals in Melbourne. John, her Buffalo Bills won their playoff game before she took the court against jack Christian. Christiane.
2: She said she was watching, and uh, clearly it, it fired her with some good vibes. She gets played.
1: Third seed, she's a contender. She beat the number one player about
2: ten days ago, and boy, did she look good yesterday. Watch these scorebox, She won the first set. Six love, she broke serve five times. She got up to three love in the second set before finally she was broken, but she was hitting her spots. This was sort of just typical Jesse Pagula tennis. Uh, didn't necessarily hit through her opponent, but just did everything well. That was only her second. She had fewer aces than the opponent, but 6 0, 6 1, less than an hour. That
1: is a statement. She wrote, Go Bills, love for number three, DeMar Hamlin, on the camera after. She was also wearing a number three patch on her skirt. A lot of love there for Bills Mafia, Jessie Pegula, First to finish. Less than an hour of work for her in Melbourne. Her doubles partner, Coco Goff, first on Rod Laver Arena against Katarina Siniakova. lins Gauff with a really fast start here.
0: Yeah, a great start to the year, also winning in Auckland. And this was gonna be a, one of those tough, First round matches. Kova can be a very dangerous opponent, but Coco didn't let it bother her at all. The forehand hitting a little bit heavier, trying to be more aggressive with that shot. We know how good the backhand is. She looks ready. There's something about her walk. There's something about her whole demeanor that says why not here right now? How about 120 Damn. mile per hour serve to finish that first set? And you know, in the second set, she had to fight. Got down a break. Sydney Ekova started finding her game a little more, and Coco was just fine. These last two games were a battle. Both players had game points, but Goff did not panic. And on her seventh match point, able to close a very tricky opponent out.
1: 24 winners for Coco. Goff won more than
7: 70% of her service points. Talked
1: about that after.
7: I think I served really well, Um, did a good job holding serve um, when I needed to, Um, and breaking serve also. I think uh, break points converted, did a pretty good job, Um, and then uh, a lot of net points won. I don't know how many, but first round is probably always one of the toughest of the tournament, and I'm just glad to get out of it, Um, especially last year I had a disappointing result, but I'm glad to overcome that and hopefully um, get some more wins under my belt here.
1: Love the bucket hat, first and foremost, Coco. Uh, Martina, what stood out to you with uh, Coco Goff on the court in this match?
5: You know, she her shot selection is so much better. She dialed down the power. She doesn't go for the big shot too early in the rally. And also powered down, the, I think, the emotions. Just a little more subdued. Still fired up, but not exhausting herself with too much emotional energy. And so everything is really, I, I agree with Lynn. she's got a different walk. She just looks more confident. I think it's because she had a great offseason, as she said, great preparation. She's She's a lot more confident in every aspect of the game, and it
2: shows. I'm curious, did, did you see any difference in the forehand? We've been talking about the off season, about cleaning things up. Sort of statistically, the forehand seemed to hold up. Did you see anything?
0: You know, Martina and I were actually discussing it a little bit. It looked like even more net clearance, just hitting it a little heavier. She has that extreme grip. She gets a lot of topspin. And sometimes when things get tight, she doesn't swing quite as hard on that. Right now, she's, going, she's hitting the shot just like you'd want to hit it. I think the speed of the court is going to help that forehand give her a little bit more time. These show courts are playing a bit slower than they have in years past. I think a really fast court can sometimes rush golf. I think that the court speed really plays into her strengths right now.
5: And what I see with her forehand, I, I thought she was a bit unclear where the strike zone was on her forehand. It was too big a strike zone, even uh, uh, as far as the, uh, the distance from the ball. She was too close or too far. And I think she's a lot more clean with that. And that's why she's cut out the unforced errors. And it's a much cleaner shot overall and gives her more options as well what to do with the ball.
1: Lindsay, a quick thought on that next opponent, Emma Raducanu. What do you think of that match? That is
0: that second round match. I mean, this was the match a couple of years ago we thought was going to be a big match in tournament after tournament. Because of all of Raducanu's injuries, it hasn't really happened. I'm excited for it. I I thought Raducanu looked really good in her first round win as well. I just think Goff has just a little too much firepower right now.
1: They
2: never played before
1: either. Yeah, That that never happened. Cannot wait for that. We'll be talking about that one for the next couple of days. All right, let's move to Stefano Sitsipas, the three-time Aussie Open semifinalist, led the ATP Tour for most matches won last year. Martina, his opponent, Quentin Alice, led the Challenger Tour in wins.
5: Yeah, Ali's dangerous opponent. Again, maybe a slightly uncomfortable first round, but Stefanos looks so good in every aspect. 46 winners, only 17, of course. 9 of 11 at the net, maybe he could get there a little more often. For me, the only thing that's holding him back, he's got all the stats, but his backhand is too predictable. He hits cross crossbow too much, but he looks for that forehand. He hit it well. The Greek crowd was uh, spurring on, spurring him on, and uh, he lifted up as well, getting the crowd into the match even more. Yeah, yeah, you get him going. Uh, but I think if he just hits more back ends down the line he'll be a danger player against anybody and I think that's the only thing that's holding him back. He's got beautiful touches you see there with the back end volley, love volley for the winner and uh finishing it off in style at the end. So well done Stefano. So he's looking good. He's looking sharp. Said he should I think my
1: fighting better spirit than he has done. Showed that towards the end. Good stuff. Yeah. Stefano Sitsipas' straight-set victory. John Daniel Medvedev, he was one set away from winning the title here last year. Back in Melbourne, facing former NCAA champ Marcos Giron. Yeah, I'd like to report a typo.
2: There's a seven next to Medvedev. Oh no, he's the seven seed? Can that be right? As you say, Steve, this is almost an exorcism. Last time he was on this court, had a two-set sets love lead in the final, let it slip away. You know what? He did a really nice job of re-engaging last night. This was vintage medvedev look at the score here six love four one against a nice quality player medvedev was saying by the third set he was wondering would jim courier be interviewing me after the match jim would be there so he was correct but when you're (laughs) speculating about jim courier and you're still playing a match it's a sign things are going well and they were 28 winners overall for a guy who's reached the final here two years running that was a break and then Closed it out okay. nicely. This flat strokes on this court, I think, is a nice combo and a very nice match for our seventh seed
1: Medvedev. Yeah, I think this is a statement win right here for Daniil Medvedev. Folks, not talking about him enough. This is the guy who, on a hard court, is arguably. The best player, you could say Novak Djokovic. They're, they're probably top two in terms of men on a hard court right now. Runner-up last year, fourth-round Roland Garros, which was good for him. He didn't like the play before Roland Garros last year. Fourth-round U.S. Open lost to Nick Kyrgios in a tough, tough battle. We'll see what Medvedev can do this year in Melbourne. Still to come, a couple of young guns hoping to make a big impression down under. Francis Tiafo. did that just by stepping on the court. Fashion forward or fashion big faux pas? We'll discuss next. Welcome back to TC Live. Day two of the 2023 Australian Open. Straight to the highlights we go. Felix OJ, Ali Asim, Vasek Pospisil. They teamed up to win three decisive Davis Cup doubles matches last season together, Martina. It is Canada on Canada Crime. First round of singles play.
5: Yeah, they could have played this in Toronto, but probably would have been indoors. Uh, anyway, uh, Special got off to a flying start, breaking both break points that he got, winning the first set 6-1. But Felix got himself organized, got enough of good passing shots, of forcing the errors, played the big points better in the third, uh, second set and third set tiebreak. At the end, um, I think uh, 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 I think uh, three out of 12 break points. I think that's that's where he can improve the most. But overall, really played well in the big points in the two tiebreaks. That was massive and finishes in style there with a fabulous bike down the line so these two good friends uh Bad like for Vasek, but uh, they, I think, uh, should be pretty happy with his
1: performance. For sure. Lindsey Francis Tiafoe made the quarterfinals here back in 2019, facing Daniel Altmeyer. Big foe at a career high, undefeated this year so far.
5: Okay, the biggest
0: story was, let's look at his outfit in the very beginning. <laughs> but then the tennis took over, and Francis, for two sets and three quarters, was spectacular. He was attacking shots. He was so good at but he was dictating plays, controlling the tempo of the match. But then, Steve, he got up 5-4, serving for the match, and went on a little bit of a walkabout. And what did that do? It let Daniel Altmaier back into this match. He started to believe, he started to play better tennis, and all of a sudden, it became a battle. And Francis having to come back from, rough three in the four-set breaker, but gets it done on his second match play.
1: Crowds love him everywhere. They do, Tiafo attracting attention for his game, and as Lindsay said, his gear.
8: Mate, I'm loving the outfit. What's the inspiration? Did you have any say in the design? <laughs> uh, I, yeah, I
4: obviously went to the Nike Distro and saw this, and uh, they said if we got something really cool for you for Australian Open, so I seen it, and I was like, yeah, I definitely gotta rock this. I could've rocked something more calm, but I was like, no, this is definitely me. I hope you guys like the outfit. Um, we're gonna... <laughs>
1: Fashions fade, but style is eternal. All right. Before we get to the tennis, John, what would you think of the outfit?
2: Didn't Daphne, Fred, Shaggy, Velma what, 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 what I like it was from the Mystery Movie? Scooby-Doo? I, I what, okay. what, are, what are we uh, delight video? I, I'm trying to come up with a. What are we calling that? Lynch. psychedelic, something. Yeah,
5: he's channeling uh, yeah. his inner Miro. <laughs> oh,
1: nice.
0: It's making us talk about it. So yeah. yeah, that's, that's what it was supposed to do, but, right?
1: Martino, you, you wear you know, some. It, it, Some great stuff. Would you wear that?
5: Uh, Well, you know, the guns are pretty uh, pretty (laughs) impressive, so if you got it (laughs) flaunted... I'm just not so sure about the print. So, yeah, I think uh, overall, I give thumbs up. Good guts, I'll say that for sure. (laughs) That's
1: so good. Coco Goff said there's a lot going on, but that's him, loud and proud. Hey, do do what you do, and it certainly garnered a lot of attention for Nike. Let's preview some matches that are coming up today. Uh, When the draw came out, John, all eyes were on this one Andre Rublev Uh and Dominic Team. Rublev has won four. Between these two, the last four that they've played, what will make the difference today? Yeah, I mean,
2: I think we all want to see Dominic Team get back to being Dominic Team. I mean, he's barely in the top 100, lost in qualities in Adelaide, the one match he's played this year, and yet he's the guy who's won a major and Rublev isn't. So on the one hand, big opportunity for Dominic Team get back on track, beat a top-ten player. On the other hand, that's a rough draw for a guy that's trying to get his career back.
0: You know, for some players, they have these injuries and they can kind of step right back, to where they left off we're waiting to see if Zverev can do that it has been a mm. battle though for team and it's been kind of heartbreaking to see at times it's gonna be a, a tough tough opening match for him but I think our hearts we all want to see Dominic it's be able nice to guy. go back to being able to play at that yeah. same level
5: they mm-hmm. pull no other reason I'm pulling for Dominic because he's got that one-handed backhand and it's fabulous and we need more of those But this is a really as tough a draw as he could get just about. So, uh, yeah, I think uh, he might give uh, Andre a run for his money. But uh, Rublev should should overpower Dominic
1: at this point of Dominic's comeback. Did start playing better second half of last year. Uh, Martina Beatrice Haddad Maya had her best season ever last year. Comes in at a career high 14 in the world. What do you like most about her game?
5: She's, uh, she's improved her uh, everything, really. The shot selection, the big serve, and mobility. I think what was holding her back before was not getting to enough balls to use that power. And now she's moving better, understanding the sport of uh, the game, how to play the points, etc. And then winning breeds winning. Once you start winning, then you get more confidence and you end up winning matches that you're even not supposed to win. So I like everything about her. We'll see, uh, we'll see how she does here. But she's got a decent draw and uh, she should do well. It's always fun to see a player, too,
0: when they go into a slam, and but they have a few years under their belt, but all of a sudden the mindset shifts, like, maybe I can win this, yep. or I want to be in the second week, yep. and all of a sudden you become a higher seed fascinating to see how players respond to that kind of pressure and the different kind of vibe that is around them at these tournaments. I'm looking forward to seeing Haddad Maya. Can she handle those kind of expectations?
1: She won WTA's most improved player last year, got to the final in doubles in Australia.
0: I mean, she got, but it's, (laughs) Martina said it yesterday, it's between the ears.
1: right? Never yeah, been past well, the second round at a major. Yeah, yeah. So got, got to 14 in the
2: world without doing much damage at a major. So yeah. this is a uh, next step for her. As Paul Anakin would say, a lot of room for improvement. <laughs> there
1: you go. Uh, Martina, Veronica Kudermetova coming into a major, ranked in the top 10 for the first time. What do you think about her?
5: I'll tell you, she is a good athlete. I was always impressed with her. I was surprised that she hadn't done better earlier, but now she's coming into her own. And I think she could sneak into the semifinals there. She's got a pretty friendly draw. The bottom half is weaker than the top half. And I think she could sneak through there and do some damage. Uh, she's a great athlete, has a good all-around game, done better in doubles than singles initially. Now she's catching up with the singles as well. Really not c- uncomfortable anywhere on the court, so she can she can bother anybody. She doesn't, and, and she's really improved between their ears as
1: well. Serve is huge as well, uh, underrated serve for Matova. Mitova. Uh, Lindsay, whenever she retires, garbinia Muguruza is gonna be inducted into the International Tennis Hall of Fame, two major titles. Former world number one, nearly 500 wins. Last year at this time, she was ranked three in the world. She is now ranked 73. What happened? What is going on? I was going to ask you that. (laughs) (laughs) It's
0: it's like we have no clue. Yeah, exactly. We have these players that it's just so up and down. It was heartbreaking to watch Muguruza at the end of last season. She was in tears on the matches. She just walked off the court a couple times. Can she get it back? She wasn't able to win any matches leading in here mm-hmm. to really give her that confidence. But a champion always has something left in them. Can it come out here? And then you get when your ranking falls, she's going to be outside the top 70. If she doesn't start winning some matches here, it's a tough first round, too,
2: against Mertens. This is inexplicable. The good news is that yeah. she's won the two times that they have played. But you know, three years ago, yeah. she came within a few games of winning this whole tournament. She's won multiple majors. As you say, Steve, she's great, hardcore success. This is she's not even 30 years old, so it's not as well. This is a player who's slipping off as she sort of turns the corner into the autumn of her career. This is just a mystery. And the good news is she has that ability to turn it on quite quickly. But, uh, yeah, last year was rough and uh, not great news drawing a seed right off the bat here.
5: Well, I mean, two years ago, at the end of the year, won the WTA finals in Guadalajara, played great tennis. I picked her to win one of the majors the following year. I'm scratching my head, as probably is Conchita Martinez. I don't know what happened to her. She's she's been healthy. Usually it's injuries that make you doubt yourself. But, uh, I mean, she's always been a confidence player. But this is just uh, inexplicable. I have no idea what's going on.
1: All right. Maybe we'll learn more after this match against Elisa Mm Mertens coming up tonight. Uh, We've got a question for you, Martina. Did Diego Schwartzman steal your dog, Ah! Lulu? Look at that.
5: No, that that's that dog has much bigger oh, nose. Yes, this one is this one is the real one. You see the comparison? <laughs> pretty, a prettier, pretty close. Pretty profile.
1: Oh, I see the snarl. <laughs> no, that's the... not <laughs> You've Got a lot of dogs to choose from. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That, uh, yeah, that. well,
5: there's a couple more. Behind me. Yeah, thank you. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, that was tofu sausage. Uh-huh. Okay. Uh, Daria Saville's dog with, with Diego Schwartzman. Not the, can the real Lulu please stand up?
0: We can't wait until she's back in here. <laughs> exactly.
1: Yes, it's not a TC Live Australian Open without Lulu Navratilova. <laughs> All right, thanks, Martina. More TC Live on the way, including more match previews. And you don't want to miss John's stat of the day. What will it be today? That music can only mean one thing. John Wertheim, Stat-O-The-Day. It was a year ago that Arena
2: Sabalenka was serving underhand because her serve had deserted her so severely. Look at this. Two matches played 39 double faults. If my math is right, that's almost 20 a match, compare that to this year, Uh, four matches played, 22 double faults. So that's like five-something. So, Lindsay Davenport, I need you to uh, cut down your double faults like 75%. Good things happen, I think. Um, (laughs) What what do we make of this? Is this not an underrated story? I mean, good for her for straightening this out. It's made her a contender.
0: Yeah, we heard Mark Petsche earlier in our interview with him say that she is his favorite to win the tournament because of the serve. The service yips seem to be gone. Are they ever truly gone, though, Prakash? Don't they kind of linger in the back of your head sometimes? It, it,
3: it depends. Not so much at three all in the first set, but perhaps yeah, at yeah. five all in the yeah. third set. But look, I, I've been a Sabalenka fan for a while. Yeah. I, I called her last year. It might have been a year too early to be able to put up that slam. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully this is the year. Yeah.
1: All right. I, I think the past couple of years is Vera, Felix, Coco. We talked about a lot of these people served They're fine. They're doing just fine. Here's our hot shot of the day. Who else but Rafael Nadal? Look at the hands.
3: Brilliant wheels to get up here. He starts off the point, Rafael Nadal, goes into the booth, comes out at the net, starts acting like John McEnroe. I mean, look at this. This young kid is like wet paint all over the net. Beautiful hands, beautiful stretch. And again, moving forward, using that momentum, and classic fired up at the end of it. Nice to see him get that win first round.
1: I just like to see that fist pump back, Lindsay. I mean, he's yeah. exciting to see on court. Yeah,
3: and he lives for
0: these moments, right? I mean, this is what it's all about for him. These types of courts, exciting matches.
1: Underrated net skills too. Always has always been underrated. One of the best. One of the best. Featured matches on day two. We've got Sabalenka in action. Caroline Garcia. Looking forward to that. Andy Murray, Matteo Berrettini blockbuster Burr in the night session, and Novak Djokovic as well. Let's preview some of these matches. Let's start with Sabalenka. Listen, she comes in. A lot of confidence, John. Won that lead up in Adelaide. As you mentioned, cut down on the double faults by 75% from last year at the start of the season. Mark Petsche says she's good. Favorite to win it all. What do you think?
2: I think that's a reasonable prediction. I mean, between these courts, the way she's playing, some nice confidence. uh, She should be okay today. She's going to lose the tattoo game against her opponent. Otherwise, (laughs) she should be okay. And, I, you know, I mean, in a field where there's only one former Australian Open champion left, I think she's got a real shot.
0: Yeah, she's between the ears, though. She's Mm -hmm. always been a little bit chaotic and kind of creates a lot. She has got to play it very cool and kind of stay low-key. I don't know if she's able to do that, though. This was even before the service problems, right? She would get her in her own way sometimes. She has got to stay out of that. She's got to believe. And she kind of kind of just has to stay quiet and let the tennis do the talking out there.
1: That's what she says. She's found her calm. We'll so. see. We'll see. We, we, we we'll see. see.
0: <laughs> it's easy to say that.
1: Show us. <laughs> we'll see it today. Uh, Prakash Novak Djokovic <laughs> begins that quest. Number 10. And we don't talk about it. 22 to tie Rafa for the all-time list. It's,
3: it's bananas. There's no one out there who can manage the two weeks as good as Novak does. You know, we saw this with Francis yesterday. I, I was about to, uh, head into sleep, and he was up two sets to love. He was serving for that third set. Rafa, Novak, Roger, they, they closed those out year after year after year. That extra 45 minutes on court that can wear on you. All of a sudden, that can come out a little bit in that second week of a slam. I think Novak, with his draw, he's going to do exactly what he needs to, not expend too much energy, and just put himself in a fantastic position starting the middle weekend moving forward.
1: Has not lost a match in Australia since 2018. Looking to continue that to 35 in a row today. Earlier in the show, Lindsay, we talked about Garbina Muguruza. Last time, last year at this time, she was three in the world. Now she's 73. Mm -hmm. How about the complete opposite? Caroline Garcia was 74 in the world last year at this time. Now she's number four. How'd she do it?
0: Yeah, a lot of hard work and a lot of belief and not easy for her coming back from an injury, able to get everything together again. Now, the question is, she got to this point a couple of years ago and really struggled Mm -hmm. to defend and struggled under that pressure of all of a sudden being a favorite to win a major. What more can I do? Let's see how she handles it this time. She's got a few years under the belt. She's gone through some ups and downs. Uh, Court speed, I would like it a little faster for her. So we'll see how she handles the slower show courts at the Australian Open.
2: Can't mind starting off against a qualifier. But no, I I think it's significant that she's been through this before. I mean, she's been a top five player five or six years ago. Bit of tumult in uh, in the coaching ranks with her. But this was a player who six months ago she was qualifying for main draws. And now she's the
1: fourth seed. And she is the WTA Finals champion, coming in with a whole lot of confidence. Caroline Garcia, those are just some of the many matches that we will be talking about tomorrow here on TC Live. Come back and join us at 5 p.m. Eastern tomorrow on TC Live. Prakash, Lindsey, John, Martina, we will all be back with you. As you can see behind us, what's going on? Are those, are those the ball kids doing their thing? The warm up. There's, a, there's a, a record number of ball kids 394 of them at the Australian Open this year. Encore coverage, 7 a.m. Eastern with Brett Haber and Paul Anacone. His tennis channel has you covered in the year's first major. Thanks for watching TC Live.